0: IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time powered by how long to beat.
1: Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast.
0: Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. Welcome everybody to Podcast Unlocked. It is IGN's weekly Xbox show. This is episode 524 for December 14th, 2021. I'm Ryan McCaffrey joined by the usual crew. Good to see everybody. One last time here in 2021. We do have a show for you next week, but it's a little something unusual. Uh hint, Avengers. We'll just <laughs> throw it out that way. There aren't any actual Avengers on it, but that's sort of the internal code name we used for the podcast for next week anyway uh hi miranda how are you
2: hi hello um my voice is going little so if you hear me straining that's why it's a good good winter crud
0: she, well, she was yelling oh at the
1: final boss in halo <laughs>
0: <laughs> die <laughs> we'll get yeah. to that destin Legarry, yeah. how are you my friend bam hey everybody i'm doing good stella chung hi
3: hi i'm, I'm so excited to be here as always.
0: And it's great to have you. And we are going to talk a lot of Halo. Spoiler warning. As we talked extensively on last week's spoiler free show, this episode is no holds barred, all spoilers. We're going to do this full spoiler cast. So please turn back now if you have not completed the Halo Infinite campaign or you do not wish to be spoiled. So uh, we'll Hold get on to you your butts. Of- <laughs> yes. Uh, a <laughs> couple quick housekeeping notes before we get started. I, I mentioned this last week, but. IGN turned 25 this year and we made a game to celebrate. So you can see more about it and download it from IGN.com slash articles IGN 25, the game release with, with a little dash in between each of those words because that's how our URL system works. So yeah, you're, you're seeing, if you're watching on video, you're watching our hilarious little trailer that we made for it. But yeah, it's retro style pixel art. I hope you try it out and have fun with it. Also, a programming note, something fun coming up this weekend, Matrix Resurrections. Uh, We've got the red carpet event happening live on IGN this Saturday, December 18th at 5.30. I presume that's Pacific time uh, because this premiere is actually happening here in San Francisco. So tune in to that. Including, That's on any IGN channel, including our TikTok, if you want to watch it there. And then finally... Uh, Just a, uh, this is like a half shameless self promotion, but also just like a genuine programming uh, note of interest to anybody watching an Xbox podcast. Microsoft has hosted the entire uh, Xbox documentary that they have spent the last at least two or three years working on. It's called Power On The Story of Xbox. It is a six part documentary that you can watch for free in a number of places. Probably most notably on youtube.com slash Xbox, just the official Xbox YouTube channel. Destin, you're in it for a hot second. There's a clip of <laughs> like a hot literally, idea. yeah, I laughed. <laughs> I was like, oh,
1: all right. I had no idea that was going to be in there.
0: Yeah. Uh, they, and I'm in it as well. They had interviewed me for it. I believe it was, I can't remember if it was E3 2018 or 29. I think it was 2019, <laughs> but I can't keep track of time anymore because. E3 is a long archived relic at this point. But in any case, yeah, I, I expected, first I expected I would be cut out of it entirely because no one cares what I have to say versus Phil Spencer and, and Robbie Bach and Ed Freeze and all the actual important Xbox people. But uh, yeah, I was, I was happy to see. I'm, I'm actually in episodes four, five, and six. So I hope you enjoy it. I actually thought it turned out really well. Um, I don't know if any of you have had a chance to watch all or any of it so far well i watched
1: my amazing guest appearance and it was <laughs> so good apparently Taman was sick that day and i had read the story when phil came up came out oh as God. the uh, head head of xbox yeah. or whatever so uh yeah i was like oh that's that's funny <laughs>
0: yeah so it's good though it covers you know the the origin of the system with seamus blackley and, uh, and that's you know that's a great story and then yeah 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 but really just watch the part i'm in <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> skip to episodes 4, 5, and yeah. 6 where I'm in it but no, have fun it's, it's good it's, uh, it, it did a good job on it I thought okay let's do it now Halo Infinite spoiler cast I thought we were good about avoiding spoilers last week as tempted as we were but we wanted to just talk about our general impressions of the game but now is your final chance to turn back and not watch this show until you have completed the campaign so with that final warning out of the way, let me go to Miranda first. Here, uh, we'll we'll just go through everything, but let's just say story thoughts overall. Miranda, what did you think? I know you were <coughs> a little more bullish on this on the story than I was as a whole. Your thoughts?
2: Oh no, I thought I'm genuinely impressed. Honestly, I thought it worked uh, uh, super effective, like us in the Pokemon term, Sorry, <coughs> I was generally surprised by how well the three characters meshed together. And I know we're gonna go deep dive into each of them a little bit more later, but ultimately they really carried the story so well with a lot of echoes between enemies and plot points that kind of bounced back on them and their themes and their character growth. Um, I was really impressed also by some connections that were made between Eshram and the chief, specifically through the view of the weapon um, and just sort of these, you know, this guy's just doing what he has. Like, he's just a soldier. And, like, I think there's, there's some level of connection there for Master Chiefs that you'd be surprised to hear from because it's like, oh, this is a guy we're trying to take down. Like, this is big enemy. He's doing something terrible. And I'm like, okay, yes. But in a way, like, Chief can empathize with that. Like, he, he can understand what's going on, especially with, you know, I guess because this is a spoiler cast, so with Cortana having blown up his home world, you know? Like, what are you going to do? Like, you fight. You fight for the way to survive. You fight for your people. Um I guess we don't necessarily have a section just for chief so uh the big part for me that really resonated there was sort of master chief and i guess the links between him and uh ashram's failures also to kind of protect their people and to protect the people they cared about like with him and atriox like the assumption is that you know atriox is gone and like that's someone he cared about and wanted to protect his whole planet's gone it, it, like he's just kind of fighting to survive and to make his people stronger the best he can in this place and they're they're stuck there we've heard it before also in audio logs and other things that they are stranded on the ring they cannot get out this is their new home and they're essentially fighting to survive for it and you know like their intentions are not good despite you know having all of these things happen to them Uh, But I think in that way, Master Chief can really empathize and understand that. And that was really impressive to me that they linked all this together. Like there are just so many different themes that go on throughout the story. And I think that's just what was most surprising and effective to me.
0: Destin, how about you? Just general overall story thoughts before we get into the ending specifically. That'll be our next topic of conversation.
1: I think the story was okay. I like parts of it, but I think the conclusion ends on a very soft note. And I was a little, it felt like there's more to be told and maybe that's going to be told through the DLC, but it felt like it ended quite abruptly. And I don't, I don't know why I didn't really feel like it was a a good resolution to the entire narrative. And if you've seen the legendary ending, uh, it actually leaves a lot uh, of interesting things on the table with. Uh, atriox and and the future of what's going to happen on this ring. Um, uh, I I like the pilot when he has the the human moments that he has during the campaign, but I think largely he's underutilized as a character. I think they could have done a lot better with the pilot. I actually grew to like the weapon a lot more than I thought I would. I find her much more charming than I initially did during the previews. I thought they were purposely making her naive, but when you have the context of she's like was created six months six months ago i love the send-off for cortana i think her just basically saying hey it's okay to move on you know this this is ended but you know you know continue your fight basically and uh you two can do it and, and words of encouragement i really really like that 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 hit a, a note for me and somebody that's played you know all the games <laughs> in the series um there's a lot in the audio logs, a lot, a lot about the characters. Yeah, we talk from... more about
0: those later, too.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Well, I consider that part of story. I'll just say there's a lot in there. So, um, yeah. Overall story thoughts. I think it's good, right? Um, but it's made up for by some of the best gameplay the Halo series has ever had. Um, sure. uh, I adore the gameplay, but story story wise, it's it's. I'd say, what'd you score it, Ryan? Like, what's a you gave it a nine, right? Which is what on our scale? Amazing. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like in great territory. Like, it's great. Not amazing. So like I said on the previous episode, I'm about a point down from where you are. So it's still Mm -hmm. great. But uh, I do feel feel like there's some um, gaps, basically, that I don't feel like we're filled quite how I had expected or hoped.
0: So I know you're still working your way through the campaign. You're playing a ton of multiplayer. You've got uh, other other games you're still juggling as well. But you you sort of, you took one for the team here and uh, <laughs> spoiled yourself and read up on everything. It's fine.
3: Yeah, it's okay. I'm I'm playing on Heroic and that is going to take me a long time. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> I also was, so in in me reading about the story, I also was like, well, let me see if I can find something that, like an article that really explains the backstory to setting up to infinite because as a new player which a lot of people are going to be going into infinite i'm just like i i I played like five hours and i'm like i have no idea what is going on what it what is the importance of this what is what is that and you know I, i would find myself asking questions um which is fine you know um I also, like, to to Miranda's point from last week, I also don't like when games assume that a player is completely new and, like, hold your hand all the way through a campaign, right? Like, saying, like, oh, this is from blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, how they do in TV shows when they, you know, they're just like, oh, what's that? When they clearly should know what that is. <laughs> I don't like that. But um, I know that we were looking at launch. Maybe they would have some sort of, like, a hey, catch up on Halo's story so far. Like, Halo's story so far. But they didn't have
1: any so of that.
2: They have an... Uh, like a podcast on spotify that's not (laughs) oh that's what that that, is yeah it it technically counts because it's something that was produced to catch people up but it doesn't really it more so gives you context for the master chief rather than like every single plot beat in the different games i would
3: say that's also not like
1: sorry go ahead I started that podcast and it opens with somebody puking, so I was like, "I'm good." <laughs> For, right, I'll, I'll finish it later. Oh, were they talking
0: I about Halo it. 5's campaign? They're, they're talking about <laughs> cryo. Oh my gosh, Ryan! <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow! Somebody wakes up from cryo and pukes, and I'm just Wait, like, "I don't." We're
0: putting <laughs> it to bed now, Halo. 5, it's like we oh. we now have a better oh. Halo campaign, so oh. we can we can leave all the Halo Five uh, hate oh. behind.
1: It seems like oh, Locke God. is dead. By the way, if you are <laughs> <laughs> curious,
0: what I just I don't feel like not- it's, <laughs>
1: his his mask and chest plate are like on one of the banished armor sets isn't so, he an audio
0: log oh, he's very much alive yes maybe oh okay yes, well, well, well maybe they get just get took his armor
3: <laughs> because we we did see that with uh one of the spartans that we meet early on i mean he was not on the infinity he wasn't i don't think he yeah was. he's fine Anyway, so yeah that's podcast is not enough and it's not readily accessible to a lot of people so it's not really (laughs) enough and i understand that this game isn't supposed to be like catered to one audience or another like you know i wouldn't want this game to be completely catered to new players or to just completely to veteran players but that's kind of how the campaign feels like it feels like it's very much catered towards veteran players and i actually had a lot of people who are gatekeeping the campaign come up like in in my mentions and even in my stream saying well you know if you're a true lover of halo infinite that or of halo then you'd understand this or like you know well, you wouldn't need an explainer or uh even negative even negative comments were gatekeeping like well you know if, if you played through this then if you played through all the series then you would know that this is not a good send-off to halo story and i'm like okay listen <laughs> i look let me just experience it for myself and make my own opinions you're entitled to yours but overall i thought the story was very good even if i was lost in a lot of things until i read an explainer piece on uh you know the events leading up to this and um of course reading through the story on infinite i was like okay this seems like it's actually a very nice send-off to cortana um that was one of my very first uh, impressions especially since we get so many um i guess hauntings of her right and we get to see follow in her footsteps and see what exactly led up to the moments right before she decided to destroy herself which is fine because you know spoilers anyways um so I, I felt like that was a very nice way for her to be remembered like bringing back the good parts of cortana that we liked um i also my my best friend is a huge lover of halo so like i've, I've had to hear him rant about how much he loves cortana and the relationship so yeah um I really loved that I feel like they really developed, and, and in doing that they actually developed the weapon and Chief's relationship even further and you can see how closed off he is because he like he fully trusted Cortana right yeah. so being able to see him struggle through that I I loved that
0: yeah where he like, tries I, to delete her twice
3: yeah it, it made <laughs> me feel like oh my god Master Chief is human, like over even though he is this incredibly strong, terrifying person, you still get this feeling like he is still human with all these emotions, um, especially when he does come across other Spartans, right? You also feel that feeling of him being like, I should have been there like I did this. I, I could have prevented this. And I, I absolutely I loved that the, the humanization of Master Chief. So that's kind of like my initial thoughts
0: yeah and for me i you know I, I covered it in a non-spoiler way in my review but i think you kind of hit on uh how i'd like to summarize it stella and that is you know that this this story wise this game felt in it, it, like it was really caught between trying to cater to the old school fans and trying to cater to new players and that's just a a really difficult position for it to be in. And and 343 chose that position and, you know, they they did the best they could and it's, and it's not bad at all, but yeah, I think ultimately it didn't, I don't know, I don't know if they would have been better served just trying to go all one way or all the other, like just, you know, just go full hardcore. <laughs> you have to have played the rest and we're not even going to try to keep you up to speed or to really try and onboard people uh, at the risk of of you know my of annoying veteran players. I'm not sure. I don't know yeah. if there was a better answer, but they you know they chose their path and ultimately yeah, it just you know this this was this was whole thing was geographically detached from the the other from Halo 5 where it's like all right, we're on Zeta Halo. We've got the banished. <laughs> don't worry about any of that other stuff. We're going to kind of we'll sort of tie it in and uh and yeah, it just it ultimately didn't it wasn't bad, which I said in my review, but it just didn't thrill me or or really pay off in in a way I was hoping. I mean, you know, Destin you talked about uh uh a similar sentiment and for me like I think back to uh 343's previous best Halo campaign, Halo 4, the ending of that I thought was great. You know, he he he's lost Cortana, and he comes back to the ship, you know we get that cool, like we get that just look at his eyes without the helmet, and then he's and before that he's just kind of he's he goes to the what the edge of a of a like a balcony, and he's just kind of like longingly looking out and you kind of the the thing I think three four three has done best in in picking up the Halo mantle, which I think they did very well in Halo Infinite too, to Miranda's point is they really humanized him uh, really well in a way that, not that Bungie did poorly, they just didn't really focus on that. And I think 343 has done a great job of of kind of showing deeper layers to Chief as a person, uh, which we see in Infinite. Even, um, I think it was, uh, you know, Stella, you were saying about how he kind of respectful he is when he comes upon a fallen Spartan. Even in the, the that first very beginning of the game, where he's jumping out into space to to try and start to go solve his and the pilot's predicament, he you know he he's got one bullet which he uses and then he's got to get a new gun and there's a there's a dead uh, UNSC marine just floating in space and he like he takes the gun but he kind of very gently and respectfully kind of repositions the body where you know he doesn't just like fling it aside like it's garbage. So I really like that about it, but. Uh, yeah, it's, the ending of it just was not, just did not pay off, and, you know, Destin, you were hitting on this, in fact, Destin, I'm gonna go back to you here. Yeah. The ending specifically, what, you know, please elaborate more on your thoughts on the ending.
1: I mean, you just kinda, you finish the final boss, and then they're all like, yeah, we did it, now what? And then you you're just throw them back on the Zeta Halo, um, or Installation 07, I think it's Zeta, right? Anyway. Zeta Halo, yeah yeah um and it's just like it doesn't feel like a complete conclusion to the story that we got to experience like i feel like there's there's just we don't even see the endless right right and that was like that was the big bad like we fight uh the the final boss the what's what's the harbinger yeah and um then we never see the endless were those flying guys endless i don't know right or were they whatever
2: um we don't know what the skimmers technically are beyond that
1: yeah so like this this setup for the endless to be the new big bad and then we never see them is a little weird and it feels like that's what we're going to be fighting against or discovering more about in the future but it also doesn't really feel like a conclusion what were we really successful in doing stopping the harbinger stopping her from doing what exactly yeah right i don't know <laughs> and then,
0: yeah well and and the um the fact that okay we we don't get we don't get a weapons name like really oh Can yeah you make me wait till halo 7 for that
2: you guys yeah. it's cortana too obviously it's, it's going to be cortana <laughs> no. oh god um i think just like really quickly on her name uh i think there's either it alluding because she asked chief it's if it's okay for her to pick her name right? And so part of me is wondering is like, is she going to choose Cortana? My read was that she's not. She was asking for approval to be the one to pick her name like Cortana did. Not necessarily that she wants to also be called Cortana. She knows, she knows who Cortana is. And like, they have that separation, even though they're the same, they are different. Um, So I think she's going to choose something else. I I didn't mind that as as a (laughs) little anger, but.
1: What what if in the next story experience, she's like, you know, I was really thinking about Karen. What do you guys think about Karen? Everyone's like, oh, Please. maybe, maybe no. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> no. I,
3: I don't know. I feel like Cortana is just such an iconic name. And because maybe they do repair their relationship and he does establish his trust, maybe she's just like, Hey, maybe I do choose Cortana.
0: <laughs> I hope not. I,
3: I know. So. Yeah, Cortana.
0: same. Uh, definite same on that. I uh the also I I kind of just didn't like how like Cortana basically just the ending the they, the way they wrap up her story is she just decides at the last second to be like oh you know what actually I'm good yeah. I'm, so I'm not evil
2: right but part of that issue I think is although I kind of like that she gets her redemption arc like I do like that she has a quiet you know what let's just make this right. Like John coming after me finally here is like the biggest slap in the face I needed. Um, I, the thing that I was curious about was how her rampancy seems to have like kind of gone back and forth. Well, and it, it she, wasn't she, she even mentioned yeah.
0: in this game. Zero well, times.
2: Yeah. she No, she makes an allusion to it. No. She says, I can feel myself going mad again. Okay. And it's like, I'm losing myself. And so she, she does mention that she's go she's still like, rampancy is still affecting her. And I think mm-hmm. it's just a moment where she's like, Oh my God, what have I done? uh and she just sort of course corrects as fast as she can she does so by like you know exploding the ring and try- trying to take uh Atriox with her um I-, I think the breaking point for her and, and that unders that i understood although i think that to your point could have been done a little bit more effectively if it's having more time with cortana was seeing john potentially dead and that was like mm-hmm. her thing because that- that's the person she cares most about In the entire galaxy, like she, she wanted to keep him, like literally bubble him and take him. Like she, he means so much to her, and to see that, I think, was just sort of the, oh man, (laughs) okay, I gotta change my ways. But you know, that that was fine for me, at least. Sorry to diverge. I know I haven't even talked about the actual ending, ending, but
0: well, please go ahead. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, I. Liked it. I don't mind that this, because this felt like a new beginning in a way, right? It's like, you got this trio, Pilots on board, he's super excited, Uh, and we have the weapon, who's just, like, all re-energized, is kind of in a better repaired relationship with Chief, understands where he's coming from, understands her role as well, and then, you know, Master Chief for once is like, okay, well, I was just hugged. Uh, <laughs> let's go! That's- I loved his reaction, that he's like, like, stiff arms, kind of, like, what do I do? <laughs> like, he didn't really hug, but he, like, raised his arms. Um, and, and so I felt like, in a way, Halo M- Infinite felt like a wrap-up of this story that 343 was just kind of struggling to tell with Porton in her end. Absolutely, yeah. And mm-hmm. then a launch into what they actually what they I guess want to tell with their new story with the endless with halo with with all the halos like with the zeta halo cycle with the, all these kind of like bits of like potential time travel and that have actually been part of the series before I was talking to a friend about this uh former ID employee James Faulkner and I were like theory crafting a bunch of stuff about like how the banished and like time travel and forerunners and stuff that that's not unheard of. So like, there's just a lot of little bits and details that they're pulling from the Halo just kind of franchise that you maybe didn't even know about, because if you didn't read all the books, well, <laughs> uh, that's fine, because they're going to pull it into the games, right? And I think this is that's what it felt like at the end to me, was that, hey, there's the rest of the Zeta Halo to explore. Like we've talked about many times, they want to make this a platform. Halo Infinite is a platform. There are things going to happen here on this ring. And with that, we have the rest to explore, and we have two companions to go with, which is, you know, actually pretty refreshing, because, like, as we've said a few times, like, they give Chief a lot of character, too, and honestly, Cortana was that for a long time, and we've had other people that Chief has traveled with who write a good commentary as well, but I really like this sort of trifecta of characters, because they just compliment each other in just such weird ways. Like the the weapon and Echo 216 really play off each other in fun ways and really support each other and are are really far more friendly, obviously, than Chief can be in that way. Whereas like the weapon is probably the only person I've ever heard ask the Chief if he's okay multiple times in one game. And say like, mm-hmm. are you okay? And then Master Chief just says no. It's so hard to say no if someone asks you if you're okay. And it's it just cool to see that and again of course comes to that humanization but they all just again play off each other in really important ways like with echoes 216 uh just like being like the rest of humanity and putting chief on a pedestal like you never fail you never do anything wrong while this entire game is literally about master chief grappling with how he failed (laughs) like the biggest failure and because of it sydney got blown off the face of the earth so, you know, like, there's there's just all these ways that they pull on each other, and it's just done so well. And the send-off at the end, even though we didn't get the weapon's name, I, I really liked that energy they had going forward. Like that, all right, mm-hmm. n- now we're a team. Like, through this adventure, we can go and figure this out. Like, there's still a lot to solve here, which makes sense, because they're trying to kick something off here, right? And if they just gave us all of the ans- answers right here, then... It wouldn't really be as exciting for whatever comes next. I would say.
0: Well, Um, but oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just gonna say to your point, Ryan. I do understand, and Dustin as well, what you mean of of not having like that big moment. And I think what I I also heard from other friends that we talked at length about this too is like it didn't really have like that set piece moment. Like you didn't have a big scare of walking through a city that you had to go hunt down and things like that, right? So there's a little bit of that missing, like the escaping. the worship at the beginning was pretty cool. And then, of course, when you actually open up to Zeta Halo for the, for Outpost Harmonious is pretty cool. But it's not in that same way where you see something like massive change in, in that same regard. And instead, I think we got boss fights in place of that. Yeah. In a way. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and I suspect if anybody from 343 is listening right now, they were probably nodding along approvingly when you were talking about how to you it felt like The start of, you know, kind of trying to wrap things up and start a new thing. And that's they. I suspect that's what they were going for.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Now, Destin, I know you when you and I had talked, you had uh, you you had a comment about about that, though, and about uh, the pilot with his with regard to his his family. And oh, yeah. (laughs)
1: yeah so like the pilot just seems totally on board with this whole like yeah okay let's stop the banished or whatever and as a dad and a husband i'm just kind of like go back to your family you idiot dead no are they
2: they're dead yes (laughs) really that that, there's there's a i'm pretty sure a line in there that says that they're not there anymore which is why he he volunteered to go help out the UNSC.
1: But his whole thing was, I want to go home to see my family. So I don't know when we discover that they're dead, but it seems like the pilot doesn't know that.
2: Mm, I don't know about that. because It's Spoiler they, because Castle if I'm wrong. Leave. He wants to leave because he doesn't want to be on the ring with the banished. <laughs> and he is sad because he has this one memory left of his family, of his wife and his daughter. And he he just has it on loop because that's all he has left yeah, of little them. Hologram and he, thing, yeah. 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 And he wants to go home. I think that's totally fine with or without them being there, even though that is sad. But they're they're dead. There is definitely a moment when they say they're dead.
0: Alright, well, if I'm they're dead Miranda, because Miranda's spent 50 hours with the gym so far. <laughs> Stella, go ahead.
3: Oh yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, I, I I kind of agree with Miranda. I mean, it makes More sense, but also I feel like it works both ways. Like he knows if they are still alive, he knows that the one way to protect them is to continue working with the chief, right? Because he's seen what they can do. So, I mean, that's the one way to keep these loved ones alive. But I I don't know. I... I also agree, like, if he is, if if they are dead, I, that also makes sense, because it seems like he is, the pilot is this character who turns out to be, who, who first starts out to be really scared of everything, like, he's really scared of dying, he's, he wants to do everything to survive, right? I mean, they even have, he's, even has this conversation with the AI, uh, with the weapon, and he's just like, you're, you're trying to die, and I'm trying to live, we're doing the complete opposite, and, um, I think through working with Chief and through building this relationship with the weapon, he kind of ends up being a little bit braver. And he wants to be more of, you know, what he sees in Master Chief. Like, he wants to be more of a hero. He wants to be um, more confident. And, and I really like that relationship that we see with the pilot. And it, it's nice to see the pilot's face because we never see Master Chief's face. So being able to put, like, a personality um, to, to a face that is so prominent in their campaign is really, really nice.
0: Oh, well said. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, for me, I mean, I just kind of kind of circling back to what I was saying about not really having a big resolution, a big kind of uh climax, really, because it to me the ending uh it actually Miranda reminded me a lot of the Gears 5 ending, a game again yeah. <laughs> I loved, but I had a problem with the ending because it really was a this isn't quite as much as as much of a blatant cliffhanger as as Gears 5 was. But it's still the same kind of effect. Of the end of Halo Infinite campaign to me was very much a stay tuned in three or so more years and for <laughs> Halo Seven, and and then we'll really kind of resolve some of the stuff and and you know move the story along. It really did just feel like the the narrative mission of this game, which you know it, it accomplished reasonably well, uh, was just to dig out of the Halo Five hole. Like, that was, like, we need to just get ourselves out of this and be able to start fresh. We know nobody wants uh, player characters that aren't chiefs or we're going to make a Master Chief adventure. We're going <laughs> to wrap up this Cortana thing uh, and we're just going to move on and start fresh. And And so I am optimistic for seven in whatever form it takes, which we're going to talk about that uh, a little later. But I guess as we we've kind of all started to touch on how we feel about the pilot, my thing with the pilot, which i i alluded to last week but didn't want to spoil i will say now is i I have a very uh sort of mixed relationship uh mixed feelings i guess with about the pilot and because I thought the first half of the campaign I loved him, I thought his arc was great as you were saying he went from you know this frightened guy who just wanted to go home and was just thought that the chief was just nuts for wanting to just keep going <laughs> going back in and staring death in the face to uh you know the, the the climactic moment of the pilot's arc is halfway through the game when he breaks down and admits to chief i'm a fraud i stole this pelican i'm not i'm not who you think i am uh and but then the entire like it from from there on he literally and in fact, that they, they they're just very heavy handed about it in the story. It's he's just bait. He's bait. Yeah. That's all he is for the rest of the game. And so that like I just such a, a Jekyll and Hyde and uh, arc for him, for me, he was I loved him in the first half. And I thought he was basically useless to the game in the second half
1: yeah that's that's largely how I felt also, Ryan. I loved his arc up to that point where he sort of admits that he has his breakdown and everything, but then after that, it's just like it, I felt like he's just sort of uh, wasted. There's a lot more potential that you could do. Look, I don't know if his family's dead or not miranda if If they are dead, then I do understand why he's more willing to stay uh i I have to watch all the cutscenes again or something to see if there is a moment. Another where they person on Reddit that.
2: confer said that yes. The assumption is that they are dead
1: but yeah i but i don't remember i don't know <laughs> like i gotta, don't worry, I gotta find I got you. i'm
2: letting you know they All are right.
1: <laughs> uh okay if if they're dead then i guess i kind of get why they're staying but i i was led to believe that they're alive and that's the whole reason he wants to go home otherwise i don't understand why he wants to go home like you're gonna go home a to a blow up, evaporated yeah.
3: he's a coward ghost? he just wants to go anywhere else that exactly. isn't here like also, he, not he, a soldier
2: like, he's not
3: trained,
1: like, yeah.
2: chief
3: or anyone else in the He's next. in he's, over his he's, head. He's an engineer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's, he he's messed mean, up. He he spent six months here, surrounded by dead bodies. I would want to go anywhere else <laughs> that wasn't here. I would want to go to my shattered planet, too, being surrounded by corpses for six months. And dodging yeah.
0: the Banish. Remember, he yeah. kept talking about how those exactly. the, the, the the attacks yeah. kept coming, and he kept having to, like, power down and hide.
1: So I feel like all of this stuff that we're talking about could have been utilized to flesh him out more in the second half of the story, as opposed to, oh, you're kidnapped now and you're bait. And then they save him. And then he just he doesn't really do anything.
2: Yeah. In a way, I felt like they were trying to get him out of the way so you could focus on Cortana. Because, like there comes a point where, cause he doesn't actually obviously go with you in these missions. He always loses contact with chief and the weapon until he can be like, Hey, I lost you guys for a bit. Like what's happening. <laughs> and then well, he's like, wait, you tried to delete her. How dare you? Uh, like, that's re- kind of Sorry. what you get from him.
1: They've, they've done a really good job of like fleshing out pilots characteristics uh, in the novels. And there, there's like opportunities to do that when you're constantly communicating with your pilot over comms, but really he just kind of, he just kind of like shows up whenever Chiefs tell, tells him to drops him off whenever he tells him to. And I, I feel like there could have been a little bit more there agreeing with Ryan on, on the second half of the storytelling. I really liked him when he actually had that moment where he admitted to failing and um, not living up to expectations for uh, Chief and like admitting that he's a fraud and everything like that. So uh, I I'm hope they like- dive more into that in the future.
0: Stella, your <laughs> thoughts on, on the pilot before I wanna now talk about the that post credit scene after this.
3: Okay, cool. Uh yeah, I mean I mean I've I've kind of already voiced my opinions on him. But um I kind of going off of your point, Ryan, and in Destin's, uh, I think it's really hard to return to a story after what years right years it's yeah it's really hard i mean we saw that with doom right they completely redid the story they did use some of the previous uh inspirations but that's like a complete redo of the story that's not you can't do that in halo you can't do that in the next halo installation especially since halo 5 was such a disaster so in trying to repair that how they left five i think this is kind of the best we could have expected i mean they try to handle a lot so the pilot being kind of an afterthought in the later part of Infinite really sucks because I do like his character. I do love how everyone was linked together, how they all kind of balanced each other's personalities and characteristics out. I mean, I mean, it, it, even the relationship between the weapon and the pilot and then the pilot's relationship with the chief, like all of these things played off each other so well. I I think... I would like to continue to see this in, in uh, DLC and, you know, later, uh, I guess the next generation of Halo. But yeah, this was just kind of like a, it's kind of like how Eternals was, the Marvel movie. Like, it, ha- it had to happen. This had to happen to set up for the next parts that yeah. are going to happen, right? So I feel like this was just like a necessary step, whether it was shaky or not, it was a necessary step for the future of Halo to continue building.
0: Miranda, remind me, what, what was the pilot's name? We did get his name at the end.
2: Yeah, Esperanza was his last name. Was it name. Fernando? Was it Fernando es- Esperanza, I think? It
1: was Fernando.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was nice, at least, to learn his name. Uh, I did I did appreciate that at the end. So, okay, the post-credit scene. Every Halo game's got a, a big post-credit scene. <laughs> Destin, uh, this one was a real deep cut, particularly the legendary ending. To yeah. help, uh, help us all, listeners and, and panel alike, parse <laughs> this thing out. We appear to be going into some form of time travel, which I have thoughts on. But Destin, please go ahead.
1: Yeah, look, I, I'll just be honest. I have a four-page script sitting on my desk where Halo Canon Ian, uh, has written us an explainer about what the hell happened in that legendary ending. I'm not even going to attempt to explain what's going on. I'll just say this. It seems like Atriox is alive, and like you said, Ryan... There's the potential that maybe there is some sort of time travel, but I don't think it's like, I don't know if it's like traditional time travel or if there's some sort of different aspect. They do say during the legendary ending that uh, uh, the humans basically can't be the only ones who have access to time travel. We also need to have it. So that's, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it.
0: Because uh, Miranda, we, we get the, on the legendary edition ending, we get the timestamp of uh w- which clues us in
2: yes which is like b c something, something. very far exactly bce Yeah, yes basically like, very a very long very, very long time ago um atriox is in a different part of the ring at a different time and so the implication there is that Atriox has time traveled back successfully i guess before cortana blew up the ring um so somehow he made it out and now he or maybe this was even before that who can say we don't actually know we don't have enough information i would say to understand where this is in the timeline um and so i think the idea is partially as well because the banished were working together with harbinger we don't know what that relationship exactly was like what were they doing for her aside from helping her get to the silent auditorium so like okay we have that all set up did was there something in the past that Atriox needed to do in order to get the Endless free from their prison? Um, so I think that's gonna be something interesting. And I don't feel like we have quite again quite enough information on what we would want to completely theorize what this is gonna be about for the next one, or if even Chief gets to get involved in time travel. Um my understanding is that the time travel is something to do with the ring in a way. Well, in
1: in Halo Wars 2, Atriox is sent back in time.
2: Yeah, there's some stone or something that can be used. And I I remember reading up on this because I forget exactly where. Maybe it's like the Halo wiki or just around. Like, there's a bunch of different things. But there were these, like, shards, essentially. And the humans had some. The banished had some. And I think the covenant had some as well and they could be yeah and so they (laughs) could be used to time travel and atriox like was going for that like that was a big part of the banish is like the time travel and so it coming back in this way makes a lot of sense but again the question is was is the scene at the end like before or after we don't really have any context for when this is that's the tricky thing with time travel right it's like i don't know where you came from which which actual part of the timeline
0: is it and Um, and is is Atriox, like, putting his own sort of DNA or his own sort of instructions on how to bake an Atriox <laughs> into that archive? Like, what, what was that?
2: Yeah, we don't know what those are either, because those golden, I think they're called, like, the Silex? Um, yeah, that, the, those... I don't know what the
1: orb is, but you're correct. Those are Silexes. Yeah,
2: so we don't we don't know what that structure is in those Silex. Like, those are golden. They're completely different. If you looked in the final uh, boss fight against the Harbinger, uh, the Silex back there were all blue like everything else we've seen. And I think those were the Endless, because they are like a little bit more humanoid and weren't just like little, you know, little orb things. So it's hard to say what those were exactly, because it was obviously doing something pretty intense so big question mark uh, there
0: i'm reading Stella, the script. I, I imagine <laughs> as, a, as someone who's not uh, fully invested in the halo lore that that the post-credit scene was was um <laughs> just like a random set of images it's
3: a little weird, yeah. I mean, you have a little bit of context. I mean, like, you know that there's the Silexes are there. Um, I mean, I don't know. The orb kind of looks like a key that is unlocking those, which is maybe why they're glowing, because they've been activated. Um, but we have no idea what those implications mean or what that exactly means for the future. Um, also, with the time travel, it, am I correct in... Um, in It was Cortana who had actually set up that portal for uh, Chief to go through, right, at the end? I think oh, yeah, so, it, wasn't it? Uh Yeah. I believe that's the implication, yes. Because they yeah, lose so the three sh- days. Right. Which is a big question. Yeah, so that's, that leaves So time travel is not my favorite um, trope for games or anything to really use. Because it is so difficult to get it right. Um, there are so many things that you have to consider. So I'm just wondering how that's going to take. How that's going to work and it also seems like it's it's a different type of time travel because it's not an instantaneous time travel right like um maybe it's a different sort of technology that i don't know took them that because it took them three days i mean it could have taken them three days it could have just been like hey we're gonna put you three days in the future or something like that i don't know we also don't know if what those three days maybe something important happened afterwards <laughs> we have no idea so I don't know. We'll we'll see how it pans out, but I'm I'm not like a huge fan of time travel stuff.
0: I'm with you. Yeah, I'm not sure I want to <laughs> see Halo go down the road of of like using time travel as a as a as a gameplay or as a as a, a narrative. So that that will worry me.
2: What if it ends up being something like within Breath of the Wild it's not necessarily full-on time travel, but there're time mechanics in it. So, like, Mm. there's, like, that stasis that you can do in Breath of the Wild where, like, you can stasis a rock and you hit it a bunch and then it zooms off. Like, it's really Imagine doing that in Halo. (laughs) I don't think it's going to be exactly like that. But I could see them potentially playing with, like, Time elements without actually having to throw Chief in, like, full-on time travel. Or maybe there's, like, a level where it's just a little bit of time travel in there. Um, Because... Just kind of a quick note of me thinking about this, too, is a lot of the audio logs, especially from the Forerunner archives, kind of keep mentioning and everyone keeps mentioning that this ring is different, that there's something very cyclical about it and that there's just all these things that they keep going through with the rings and that this one in particular has something unique about its functions. So I'm sure that'll lead to interesting things in the next iteration of Halo or whatever they do. Uh,
0: so if you're watching on video, obviously we're, we're spoiling everything because this is a spoiler <laughs> cast. We're now watching the last boss fight. Uh, this was a challenge on <laughs> uh, uh, heroic for me, Miranda and Destin did legendary. Yeah. Uh, Stella's working her way through on heroic Destin. What was your strategy here in fighting Harbinger?
1: So I recently completed it for the second time on legendary <clears throat> and it's still tough, but it, it was easier um what's what's the weapon that you pick up that just creates the large explosion you can aim down sight and sort of make it go wherever you want what's the, the name the of that thing pardon Are you I, think I think it's i think it's the cinder shot
0: yeah Which so it has um, a
2: bounce and it's a hard light weapon
1: yeah i think i think I it's mean, the cinder shot
0: that's how i that was what i used to to finish the harbinger off like when she had barely yeah. had any health i happened to happen to have one <laughs>
1: So, so the first two waves of enemies I think are are fairly easy but then that yeah. third wave there's a brute that comes out who's really really tough. If he's you use a, the He's a chieftain. Yeah, yeah, so you use that platform you can see there in the footage on the right it's like a little higher than everything else and you just keep grappling up and down and he'll he'll have to run around the sides to get back to you. He won't like jump <laughs> up there. So that's how I dealt with him on legendary and I just whittled away at his life with um the <laughs> the um beam. Uh, for the main boss, though, yeah, I used Cinder Shot, which just evaporated her... Yeah, the thing I'm holding here for two seconds. Um, <laughs> uh, it evaporated her shield on my second playthrough, and I'm like, oh, well, I'll just hold this for the whole fight. And uh, So I used that, and you have to be constantly moving. It's a really tough fight. You the can- first time I did it, it was no joke. Uh, I was stuck on it for at least an hour. Um, yeah, and... Uh, i i like the i like the fight itself that chieftain was a big jerk <laughs> yeah
0: uh, he, i was i felt really yeah. bad in this footage that he you had this nice plasma pistol overcharge and he just completely ducked it like yeah <laughs> that yeah. had to hurt i oh, did my best go. landed that one landed that one um uh, miranda you started to, to
2: oh chime in there yeah you want know some other strategies <laughs> Wrote all the boss guides, so I'm like, oh, pick me. I'm not, like, I feel like, like Hermione Granger, she's like waving her hand in front of Snape in the first. I just watched this movie. Uh, and she's like waving her hand in front of Snape, and he's like, try to drill Harry, and I'm like, look at me. I,
1: I, I'd love to hear what you did, especially on phase three. Not even him, because you can at least run from him. What do you do about all the ads?
2: Yeah, so the thing that you need to do is is again constant movement. So this is phase three, fighting the banished that come in completely ignore the chieftain leave him for last because he just takes so much time to focus Mm -hmm. on and again this is for playing on legendary like it'll work with any other strategy but you'll have a little bit more leeway for playing on the different difficulties um, that are not legendary so what you got to do is basically just use the grapple shot and just completely get to the opposite side of the arena and then from there with a ranged weapon you start picking off the other banished so the smaller guys there's going to be i think three or four elites two or three skimmers per of uh, uh, door that opens the snipers um, are rough yeah so the, those skimmers are especially important and i think there's like one grunt among them along with um some of the thing. i don't think there was any skirmishers in this last one um and there's a few brutes as well so the most important thing is getting them down first and then focusing on him um one thing too i found i don't know if this will still work with the final build because just kind of a quick note is we did play for uh early access all of our progress wasn't didn't transfer over to the final retail build um and I think Destin you said you noticed some disparities with some of the checkpoint system stuff
1: yeah um, check checkpoints don't seem to trigger like if you shut down steam uh it'll it'll just send you a little further back so okay. make sure you do your boss fights all in one go but yeah you so, can see what i'm you can see what I'm doing here with this boss this worked very yeah. well for me it's up and down yeah, yeah so
2: so yeah then basically once all of the ads are down you can just focus on um The brute. I would say once you have his shields down, if you're not using a uh what's going to call it a sentinel beam, beam, like during this entire fight, just have a sentinel beam on you. It will destroy anybody in this room, (laughs) it will destroy Harbinger. It is actually just like the MVP of this entire fight. So if you don't have one, that's where you're messing up. Yeah, they're Um, down
0: on the racks too. There are there is a sentinel beam rack. I was that's what I was gonna say is the sentinel beam is what I used to uh completely destroy the harbinger that yeah. it really did a good job of of wiping her uh, off the face of the off the face <laughs> of the arena yeah. so helpful. pretty well yeah so i did
1: Cinder Shot and sentinel beam on my second playthrough. so on this yeah. one you're just kind of just kind of watching i'm like yeah i could have done this and that better and that's why people are like how do you do legendary in seven hours i'm like because i'd played through it before and I edited the footage so I know everything I did wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's like, it's that kind of point where you can like reflect and then of course strategize more later. Yeah. Um, so for final the final round of the Harbinger, so it's the three rounds, that is where she moves fastest and deploys the most uh, electric orb things right. that are such a pain in the ass. I'm like, oh, they're huge. Those,
0: yeah, those and you tarts, can't actually those see. Bolts.
2: Yeah, and they, they linger too. So mm-hmm. what I did is because I had my drop wall fully maxed out this is the best thing. Just go under a ramp, throw down the drop wall, and then like equip the grapple shot, and just like use the sentinel beam to like kind of sniper with it, and then you should be fine. And then you can just like move around the actual um ramp to block off any like kind of extra. What's gonna what call it? The little orbs that come at you. So you can kind of just yeah. move around the ramp, let the ramp take all the the orb hits. And then if she gets too close, like obviously you're just going to sentinel beam her because her swipes won't one, one hit kill you. You can just kind of dodge them. You can actually jump out of the way. You don't even need to like use a thruster. Um, and
0: I actually yeah. found, see, I think that's a better strategy I wish I'd thought of right there, Miranda. <laughs> uh, but if you're not smart enough to do that, like I wasn't, I actually found that staying like closer to mid range from her was better than staying farther away. Like I felt like the bolts... I, I don't know. I just felt like I had more. I was just able to do more damage up close. I don't know if she wasn't <laughs> deploying as many of the orb bolt things up close or what, but uh, like you can actually see Destin doing right here. He got in, got in pretty close on yeah. that. Uh, use
1: grapple. Use your thrusters.
2: Yeah. It's, so uh, yeah. I agree about the mid range. But the nice thing is, if you're <sighs> under one of those ramps, then she also she'll start coming toward you, so she won't stay too far away, yep. and eventually she'll charge at you, and you can just like wipe her out from there.
0: nice yeah that's the better strategy for sure (laughs) um all right good help uh we haven't talked okay let's talk about the weapon because this is i i feel like you know i this has been a i mean i've been reasonably critical here for 52 minutes Mm -hmm. um and i don't mean it to come off overly critical uh i i just you know i i was overall wanting more out of out of the story after six years and after halo Five, but the probably the i think for me the highlight of the story was the weapon and her relationship with chief we've touched on it a little bit but uh she just first of all uh, I want to give a special shout out to Jen Taylor for playing three roles in this game <clears throat> uh and in effect two, three versions of the same character really <laughs> and but you but she did such an amazing job just so effortlessly and subtly changing between each one where you don't even you could have a blindfold on you could have your eyes closed and still know which character it is now with Halsey she's putting on a little bit of an old like old woman kind of voice but but yeah she just her performance in this game is tremendous and she does such a great job just conveying the naivete of the weapon and that sort of just like almost toddler like curiosity about the world and what's going on and that that um that empathy that Miranda mentioned earlier towards the chief uh and then I also want to give a shout out to Steve Downs who has been a, a, a rock in the VO booth uh for six games now and he's given a lot to do in this game relative to what he usually has to do and <laughs> and even he and his uh, the the banter between uh, or what, I guess I'd say what Chief is able to do, what Steve Downs is able to do, with you know, without any facial expression, without any animation on the screen of a of a face, of just conveying that like his sadness and his the sort of burden that he has put on himself and this blame that he has put on himself for the state of humanity. Um, he does a great job, and the dynamic between between Steve and Jen with, with Chief and and uh, the weapon, is just so, that's the highlight of the, that's, that's the heart of this story to me from a narrative perspective, from a character perspective, over the course of the game as these two characters get to know each other and they they fight and they struggle and Chief tries to delete her twice and they eventually kind of form this uneasy alliance. I can't say enough about that aspect of this story. Miranda?
2: I loved it. When the weapon was just like, I'm not talking to you. Or That wasn't about you. Like, I, she, she's so sweet. I, I just, I love the weapon. I loved her from when I first met her. I think they just do such a fantastic job of making, exactly as you're saying, that curiosity feel natural. Because she was only programmed to do one thing, right? She was programmed to go delete Cortana and then me delete herself. That was it. She has no context for anything else. She was not supposed to be given that context. Where was she supposed to keep existing? So her enthusiasm and excitement and curiosity just make a lot of sense. And I think it's just played off so well, of course, with Chief, as we've talked about at length at this point. And I I just really appreciate the range she's given as as well, because she's, of course, not just happy and excited. She starts getting angry and like frustrated with things. And I think her curiosity is poignant and that sometimes can help with new players. But more so, if anything, just sort of digs deeper at questions that's like, oh, yeah, that is a good question. Chief, what would you be doing if you were in here? And then, you know, that really great moment for him where he's like, you know, like, this is all I know. This is, I'm just a soldier. Like, this is what I was born to do. And so it just brings such great characterization between both of them. And I think getting Chief in a position where he has to answer questions he probably wouldn't have normally thought to have to answer. So, or sometimes just as an answer because he just, you know, chooses not to talk to them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh yes, Stella, kidding. your thoughts on on the weapon from uh, what you've seen and and been through with her thus far?
3: Yeah, I think she's very charming. I uh at first I was like um when she was like, "Oh, maybe they're friendly." He's like, "Chief, goes they they're not." I was like, "Oh no, she's she's going to be too trusting and sweet." But uh <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. she's she's not. She's very um she's more optimistic than Chief, for sure. And I think that's a really nice um balance between the two um i and I love that she is you know when you first meet someone and you're like instantly comforted by their presence i feel like that is the weapon like she slowly becomes that to chief and you can see how she is very like she's very open and trusting immediately she she all she knows is chief right like she she knows all the stuff that she was she was for six months she was alone and she was expecting chief um and so the fact that she's able to gently get Master Chief to open up, I think that's huge. So I really liked her character. Um, I also really liked how, um, flashy she was about like, you know, when she turned off that beam, she's like, watch this, and you know, snapped her fingers on all that stuff. I love that she's very showy and very proud of what she does. Um, I do remember in Combat Evolved playing through that recently where uh, Cortana was like being very sassy about someone telling her to do something, and the weapon's very like, yeah, I could do that. Watch this, like, you know, watch me do this. So I really <laughs> love the differences between the two AI, even though they are constructed from the same, you know, mind. It's, it's very cool to see.
0: Destin, how about you? The weapon.
1: I really, really liked her, and there's there's a few very specific reasons. I like how they establish why she may come off naive in the beginning because she was created six months ago. They do explain that. I like that she actually gets mad at Master Chief. She He tries to delete her, basically, and she's kind of pissed at him for a while because she trusted him. But then she has the arc of ha- coming to an understanding of why Chief had that reaction. So she was rightfully mad at him, but then she's like, oh, Cortana blew up everything, basically. I get why you had the reaction you did to me now. And she kind of like, she's still mad at him, but she kind of comes to an understanding of where that reaction came from. The, the dynamic between the two characters is just really good. Chief is given a vehicle in which to actually admit that he's not doing okay to show emotion. Uh, She is able to be like a, a, I I wanted to say a spark of sunshine, but that seems really cheesy to say. She's nice. Like it's nice to have her by your side and have her as a character that you can um smile about. Like it's she's just cool to have around. She does cool stuff, like Stella said. She's fun. She she's really, really well written, I think. I, I'm really happy with how the weapon turned out. Uh and I, I was skeptical during the trailers, too. So I was really happy to see how they yeah. they handled it. And I love where they leave her at the end of it. She's growing a lot as a character. She's smarter. She has a better understanding of who the Banished are, what the world is about. And I love watching her go through that transition from the start to the end of the campaign.
0: Uh, how about quickly, because I, I want to cover on a couple more topics here, and we're already an hour into this, but uh miranda how do you feel about the banished and you know atriox esherum like how do you feel about the banished in general as a a you know a new villainous force uh in, in halo not you know i yes halo wars 2 but in mainline first person shooter halo uh what are your thoughts on on the banished and how they're how they're portrayed here how they're you know how they come off
2: i love them because they gave us the minister of propaganda That's it. That's the grit at the Propaganda Towers. You know, the, the, uh, the company didn't have that. So, you know, (laughs) that's, that's, I think if I were to do that super quick, it's just them. Um, but I do like that. They also echoed the themes of mistakes and responsibility throughout like their, um, goals and, you know,
3: I guess actions as well. Stella. I I'm, I'm gonna be honest I'm sorry The the grunts just outshine everyone oh they're <laughs> the, great the grunts are, the grunts are genuinely <laughs> amazing oh, like I, I saw someone uh, I love watching everyone's clips because you know you don't always get the same voice lines but one was hiding from Master Chief as he had the hammer he's like huh, Spartan are you still mad and then as, as soon as Master Chief drops down oh no he's mad <laughs> <It's just laughs> so, cute. so I'm so, but the grunts absolutely take it for me <laughs>
1: Uh, my favorite uh, line that I've seen go around that. Stella. I didn't mean to turn these on! Yeah! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that one's so good. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of amazing lines from uh, the grunts. I actually really like the banish, though. Uh, just overall, I think the banish really good. Atriox is really, really well established as somebody you don't want to mess with. Eshram has some weird... Not weird... um, a lot more depth to him than you actually would think. I think he's like dying. Like no matter yes. what, he knows oh, yeah, he's going yes. to die. Clear. Yeah, so, oh, so he, this is his
0: last ride. Yeah, and dying really and coughing and yeah.
2: Apologies, yeah. I got confirmation from three other folks that yes, his family is dead. It is very much there you go, yeah. Just, with, just link so me to so know. where that
1: is. I just want to know more about like okay. what what happened there. So, <laughs> but yeah, with uh, with Ashram, he's a really interesting character. So uh, he is dying for him this is like his last thing that he wants to do he he reveres master chief but he wants to kill him obviously and stop him um and i really really like him as a a villain uh so i was surprised by that and the audio logs you get additional context about like how the banished reacted to cortana blowing up their planet um how everybody sort of react to them. So I, I really like them. They have appropriate motivation. And <laughs> I like that. And House of, House of Reckoning is probably one of my favorite campaign missions. It's, it's basically a, a wave-based, it could be a whole mode in Halo that I would just love to play. It reminded me of my Halo Reach days where mm-hmm. I would go with Grunt Birthday Party turned on and go for my, my score multipliers. I really, really love House of Reckoning.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with all of you on this. The Banished—they could have easily just been a one-note, like big, strong thing, kill chief, yeah. and so you have. To, but no, they 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 get a nice, they get a lot, they get depth to them. Both, uh, you know, Atriox is this sort of, we think he's dead, but we really revere him, and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to adhere to his sort of teachings. And then with uh, with Escheram and his sort of, you know, as Miranda was talking about the his attempts to want of, you know, A, get revenge on Cortana, and B just kind of protect his people. So yeah, great job on the banished. Um I don't know if I necessarily need to see them as the at least as the main antagonists in the next major Halo game. Like this was this was a great showcase for them. I don't know if they'll continue to be uh worthy of, of being the main foes, but yeah, they were, they were solid. So kind of on that note, let me, um, I'll see, I'll, I'll end, we'll end with where does Halo seven, quote unquote, go from here. Let's actually talk about something that a few of you, that all three of you have touched on already. And I want to talk about too. And that are, that is the audio logs and the, the potential for DLC and side story stuff and just the general extra lore that's hiding in these audio logs. Uh, Moraine, I want to go to you first, because I think you've heard the most of them (laughs) out of all of us,
2: because there are many. Yes, um, I would say the ones that were most interesting to me, aside from the ones that you get from Master Chief about his mission with Halsey, there's four of those. They are automatically added to your, your, I forget what it's called, your data log, data something. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, those are the most essential, which makes sense that they give them to you, because they are essential for, I think, getting more context to the story. Uh 343 has already confirmed that all of the Spartan audio logs relate to a book that's coming out, I think, next oh. year. So they just confirmed that yesterday, I believe, like, for sure that they are related to that. Um, so it's nice that they have that sort of thing. I think what I would want most from DLC relating to the audio logs and just general chatter within the game would be to play as a minister of propaganda, escaping the Banished, because he said once he destroyed all of his towers that they were going to kill him. So, you know, the the grunts, they got to go. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd really love to see that, because at this point, right, like uh, the Banished are kind of going to be in chaos, regardless of whether or not we see them in full force again. And so because they don't have a leader, which is like the whole uh, thing with the Spartans, they're like, okay, if we kill Eshram, like they're done. They're just unified through Eshram. That's it. So, like, what happens from here? You've killed all the generals. you killed all the major people. Oh, right. Uh, who's going to lead them now? Could be a grunt. Could be it's... something weird. We'll, we'll see. And so I'd love something sort of cheeky and fun with that, of, like, kind of the downfall of the banished and sort of wrapping up, or not even wrapping up, but getting a look inside that chaos as well.
0: There there are grunts that are high-value targets that are yes. like infamous and have a notorious reputation. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not that crazy of a suggestion. A Destin?
1: Yeah. So beyond the audio logs are great. There's some really, really good context in there. So listen to them after you beat the campaign, at least to the main ones. Uh, even beyond that, though, there's some world storytelling that happens. Like you'll come upon these shrines and you can hear sort of audio being echoed. And sometimes there's like a crate or something hidden there. But uh, there's a lot going on in this world. You see all these campsites where people aren't there anymore, but they've you clearly somebody has been in the wild trying to survive. And I love the world storytelling. So I I can't wait to see and learn more about what has happened through these. Oh, are we talking about Halo 7 or the audio logs? Well, anyway, I did the audio. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so I'm excited to see more and learn more about what has happened through the audio logs. And where does Halo 7 go from here? You can explore any of those stories, basically. So I was, I was going to tie it back to that. Uh, And like Blue Team, you could just talk about Blue Team uh, and explain what happened there.
0: Well, that's, and that's the thing I wanted to bring up is Blue Team is referenced in one of the audio logs that they're, and, and the the long and the short of it was like, oh, well, they're busy, so they can't be here. So th- immediately in my head, having played enough video games over the years, my hope slash thought was, oh, well, maybe there'll be DLC that follows them. That's like a little, you know, whatever, two hour Blue Team uh, side story, like or or maybe even something a little bigger like an ODST kind of, you know, fuller expansion pack type of thing. Because, I mean, 343 knows that the community loves Blue Team and that the uh, video game introduction that we got for them in Halo 5 was not great. <laughs> so hopefully the, they are planning... To do a uh you know a bit of a mea Culpa on on Blue Team and bring us some sort of like side story uh, DLC stuff with them. So, all right, let one more topic. I was gonna start with Stella here. Uh Halo 7. Will there even be a Halo 7? <laughs> I mean, because this is infinite, is a a platform, it is a vehicle through which all future Halo content is going to go. Like Stella, do you know, where's this, where do you see the, you know, the next kind of campaign going and where, like, do you think it'll be a, a full, you know, 10 to 20 hour, $60 thing? Or are we going to, do you think we're more likely to see smaller little bites, smaller size chunks of, of story content moving forward within the infinite umbrella?
3: I mean, within Infinite, I definitely think it's going to be like DLC or expansions. Um, I think that's way easier to manage, especially since it is a live service game now with multi- multiplayer. It's going to be a lot harder to manage. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that they're going to have separate teams for both, though. But I think for at least under Infinite, we're definitely going to see DLC, um, at least, you know, in the next few years. Um, I I guess it just depends on how Halo Infinite does, right? In, in terms of how... How many people enjoyed the story? Um, seeing how people took the story and how Halo is moving forward. But I do think we'll we'll see at least DLC and then maybe, maybe another big installation. I mean, I don't know. We're we're really going to have to just monitor how Infinite is going to work with these uh story expansions.
0: Destin, how about you?
1: I have no, I have no idea what they're going to do for Halo, Halo Seven. But we sort of discussed it last week. There, are they, are they going to do like a, a seasonal model? I would love little vignettes, every like, like just a little mission with the blue team. If if those are sprinkled in, and then there's a big content drop, that would be cool. Uh, there's a lot of different ways that they could do it. I, I don't particularly have a preference. I am just excited to play more Halo Infinite. Honestly, I can't wait to go back in and you know, do all the side stuff now that I've, you know, finished the the main playthrough on Legendary and um, do my lasso run. I, I love the game and I just, anything that's more, I'm going to be happy with. I, I'm very, very happy with the gameplay aspect of it. So I can't wait.
0: <laughs> Miranda?
2: So I could see, as you guys were saying, DLC vignettes of certain characters. Like we could see Locke again, we could see Blue Team, we could see what's going on on Earth and like how humanity is trying to recover from Cortana's attacks. Um uh, very much in line with what Gears did with Hive Busters, right? Like give context to other characters, other parts of the game, get you away from Master Chief. And then when they're ready for their big expansion for the next part of Halo Infinite, they bring you back to Zeta Halo with Chief and everyone else that's going on there. So that would make sense to me. and would be really fun. But also give us a grant DLC. Thank you.
0: <laughs> that would be amazing if that actually <laughs> comes to pass. But yeah, I, I think the Hive Hivebusters... Comparison mm-hmm. is is a really sound one. I would love to see that. I'm hoping that's what the Blue Team thing will be. Like mm-hmm. a, you know, three hour hive buster for it's where it's a it's it's a triple A caliber. It's it's a triple A thing. It's just three hours long rather than 10, 15, 20 hours long. But yeah, I I definitely do hope there is a Halo 7. Um if I mean it, I wouldn't have a problem with it still being set on Zeta Halo so long as we're getting very different biomes and areas. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that they would reuse the same geometry because it's, oh, the ring's huge. We're just over on another part of it. So uh, it it might not necessarily matter in the grand scheme of things if it's if they say, well, yeah, it's still set on Zeta Halo. Um, that's, I do want a full proper sequel to this, but I don't know if that's how the future of Halo is going to go. Like, I don't know if there will be a $60 thing. I mean, Master Chief Collection shows that you know if we kind of look at that as a as a comparable analogy, they could totally do a a $60 DLC that's a whole game. It just folds under the uh, under Halo Infinite and and that that's the app you run to access it, uh, similar to how Reach and ODST were both added to Master Chief Collection and now it's, you know, six Halo things under the uh, six halo campaigns under the master uh, chief collection umbrella, so but I don't know, you know it's uh i I would guarantee pretty well that whatever shape the next Steve Down's voiced master chief adventure takes, we're not gonna be waiting six years for it anymore. No. They've built their engine, um they've got their platform, they've got the console uh i I don't think we'll have we'll have to suffer nearly as long of a wait. Now, traditionally, it's always been three years between mainline Halos. So, um, if if there is Halo Seven, though, it won't be called that. It it would probably be called, you know, Halo Infinite colon and then the name of whatever that campaign is. Uh, I I expect it will probably be three years away uh, with some DLC in between. But yeah, I, but I could also see them not doing big full campaigns anymore and just telling smaller more iterative pieces to advance the, the Master Chief story in whatever way, shape, or form it takes moving on. But um, bottom line, we all love this game. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't all necessarily love all aspects of the story and the way the narrative played out, but th- the future is bright for Halo. That's uh, something we all, you know, we didn't know if, what the answer to that question is the future of Halo bright. We didn't know if the answer was going to be yes to that a year ago. You know, it was uh Halo was in a precarious place, but just really thrilled that that 343's done such a great job on this overall and that we've now got a great new Halo campaign and and a and a promising future for a series that's near and dear to all of us. All right, we have uh been going for a while, but I want to sort of turbo through the Xbox-related stuff from the Game Awards last week. And let's just not waste any time. Let's start with just quick reactions. We got a, the first trailer, short though it was, one minute long for the Halo TV series coming to Paramount Plus in 2022. Uh, Stella, your your thoughts on that first.
3: I think it'll be fun. I think it could be good. Um, wasn't there a movie that came out that was really bad?
0: Well, there have, been, yeah. there have been digital like yeah made for the internet uh yeah yeah not nothing anywhere close to a a, a high budget triple mm-hmm. a tv show like this or a or a full-length feature film
3: i think it could be good i mean as as someone who really loves sci-fi i i am going to watch this um i Paramount Plus, though, that's that's the one that kind of gets me because I'm just like, I don't think I've seen a lot from their streaming service. So I'm just like, I don't know how to approach this, but
0: it was Showtime and that folded under Paramount Hmm. Plus. So Showtime certainly has made a lot of great shows over the years.
3: Okay, I mean, yeah, I'm curious to see what story they will use. I mean, certainly they have books, they have the games. I'm very curious to see what they will use. Um, But yeah, no, I've i'm excited i want to watch it i mean it's set in space F- frick yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna watch it
0: <laughs> so so yes you're gonna do a a one or two month paramount plus subscription to watch this is what you're saying
3: yes hopefully there's a free trial but you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> i guess so there should be a free trial i don't know if it's yeah. a month or 14 days or what destin what was your or your thoughts on the trailer?
1: Uh, I'll watch it for sure. I'm interested in it. They've changed a few things with uh, the characters, or at least done some interesting things with the characters, like Palsy in the novels had black hair. In this one, it's black hair dyed white, so they're sort of mixing uh, the mm-hmm. lore of the two. Uh, the, the Spartan characters are not uh, well-known. Like, it's not Linda Kelly. It's some other characters. Um, I'm really interested and curious to see where this is taking place in the in the timeline. It seems like early on when Master Chief was a Spartan and they go to a location where there is a, a relic of some sort that is of importance. I'm curious about it. I'll definitely watch it on Paramount+. Plus. I'm a huge Halo fan and I've watched everything else, even the really bad stuff. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yes, I've suffered through that as well. Miranda, <laughs> how about you?
2: I'm just glad it doesn't look cheap.
3: That's all. Yeah. 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 It doesn't you know, look... Nerf guns? You, can, you can't you can tell that the
2: Nerf
0: guns have been converted. You can see the money converted. on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Like the, th- that's really all we have to go on. Cause there's no dialogue in this one minute teaser. It's, it's a voiceover and that's it. So, uh, we don't know the quality of the acting, which was a big problem in, um, w- which one, what was the name of it again? Dest- Destin? uh, the, it's like Halo lock the story. Nightfall. Yeah. Just don't want nightfall so bad. It. It's, it's so it's, bad. It's- the script is bad and the acting's bad too. I,
1: I was um, so disappointed with that one. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: but yeah, we so we don't know that yet. But yes, as Miranda says, uh, yeah, you can. It's not cheap. Like you can see some serious cash on the screen. Uh, the look <laughs> of it's great. So yeah, I I am intrigued to see where this is going to go. Uh, please, be good. please be good. It's been so long. I love
1: that high charity model. It's gorgeous. Anyway. Yes.
0: Okay, uh, next, so the Game Awards announcements that specifically pertain to Xbox. Crossfire X, remember that one? It, it disappeared without a trace for a year. Uh, we heard about it, uh, well, I guess the last time we heard about it that I remember was there was a hands-off preview, just a first-look preview of the campaign. Oh, and the multiplayer beta, both around the same time last summer. Not 2021, 2020. So it's been quite a while since we've seen it. Um, the multiplayer, the beta I played, the multiplayer, uh, it's very much a, you know, Counter-Strike-ish. It's fine. I, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed it. It's not going to set the world on fire, I don't think, based on, at least based on a year and a half ago. Destin, uh, we just got campaign preview builds. Yeah. You have a preview that'll be going up on IGN either later today or tomorrow. The preview embargo lifted today. Um, your thoughts on the slice of crossfire x campaign that we are allowed to talk about
1: yeah we got to play operation catalyst chapter one and operation specter chapter three and i've been really really excited for crossfire x so i'm very disappointed to report that uh it w- i did not enjoy it uh very much it feels like you're transported back to xbox 360 360 era of gaming and uh Lots of campy dialogue. The shooting mechanics didn't feel great on the build that I played. All the guns like hop and they all, they all feel the same. They all sort of hop like this, no matter what you're using. The recoil. Yeah. The recoil Um, there, you can change the modes and stuff like that. A bunch of generic bad guy enemies. It. I was really, really let down. So my preview is going to be pretty negative, just a heads up to anybody. And uh, as somebody that has been really because like you look at this footage, you're like, wow, this game looks really, really fun. The whole bullet time thing is you can just sort of activate that. And yeah, you shoot the people. But when you move left to right, it doesn't act like it is acting in this trailer. You kind of like snap over to the next enemy and it makes it, it makes firing a little bit difficult. I do like sliding and shooting people like that's sort of fun. The, the, the AI that I fought against was basically brain dead and I just slaughtered everything on the recommended difficulty, which was normal. Um, yeah, really, really sad to report that I I did not have a good time.
0: I, so I've, I haven't played as much as you have. I'm still, I'm almost to the end of that first mission that you mentioned, uh, because there are, there are two sides you can play from the, uh, see now I, they're so, they sound so similar. It's, is it the it's the catalyst list? oh what? yeah yeah
1: sorry i don't even know <laughs> what is it? it's it's one's blacklist oh, glo- and the other one is
0: risk global yes. risk and blacklist i believe what? which Something is like the that, dumbest yeah. thing and i it's it's ridiculous but um yeah i i have to unfortunately echo uh Pretty much everything Destin just said, including you know having we've all just been spending a ton of time playing Halo on gamepad. Oh yeah, the the controls are just very stiff and they don't feel good on a gamepad, which is what Destin was saying about the weird like horizontal. I went in, I cranked my horizontal look way down to try and compensate, and it still just doesn't feel good
1: on a yeah. gamepad.
0: So I share that Destin. It's <coughs> also yeah the. The the AI is practically non-existent. Uh, the, the characters are just like generic soldier dudes. Um, it's it is and it. I can't. No, this isn't a review, but it has definitely not made a positive first impression on me, which which really saddens me uh, because Remedy did the campaign for this. Yeah, Uh, it's Smilegate. Hello, (laughs) Smilegate's doing the multiplayer because that's you know Crossfire has been a thing for a long time. It's been a Counter Strike ish multiplayer game that's been big in the East, and now it's coming west uh, with this new updated multiplayer version, and they're pairing it with this campaign that they got Remedy to do. And and Destin, you know, you can see you can definitely see some Remedy touches in it, like. Like, where, where it'll do little storytelling moments of, like, projecting big faces on a wall, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it is. I I was bored uh, by the end of the first mission. Like, it's it's really making a poor first impression. So, uh, well, obviously, we will review it when it comes out. And I don't, I don't know if it'll be either of us that reviews it or if we'll get somebody at all. It's pretty well. It just depends on schedules. But.
3: Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, I hope I can do the multiplayer review because oh man, I'm already analyzing the crap out of that footage and I'm like, mmm, I got words. Mary.
0: Well, the multiplayer yeah. and the campaign <laughs> oh my God. aren't really connected at all. So uh for whatever that's worth, uh which which maybe will end up helping the multiplayer, I don't know, but
1: multiplayer uh, smile game Multiplayer looks like it has potential. So it was maybe fine. Yeah, out.
0: I played the beta yeah. and it's it's fun. Like it's mm-hmm. nothing it felt super original at the time again they've had another what year and a half plus to to continue working on it but yeah it was it was fun so
1: easy achievements
0: nothing i'm gonna quit halo for (laughs) like absolutely not to
1: go from halo to crossfire was jarring to say the least yeah yeah
0: so yeah uh crossfire x is coming (laughs) out february 10th It finally got a release date. Now that we've psyched you all up to play it. uh, (laughs) There you go. Um, Okay, let's get, let's make things a little happier. Tunic, yay, a a game that I think we've all had a chance to play the the time-limited demos. There have been two separate time-limited demos that we've had a a chance to play over the last, well, few years, really. Finally has a release date. It is March 16th,
2: 2022. It's I cannot so cute. wait for
0: this. Uh, so Miranda, cute. I adored the, the demo that was on Xbox. Do you do you share my love for this game?
2: Yes. I want to play this game so bad. I'm ready. I love Zelda games love old Zelda. And this is just like a cute version of that, but with, I'm sure, some unique twists to it. So
3: I really want to play. I'm
2: ready. Stella,
0: Stella I'm did you have a chance so to play long. the demo of this?
3: I did not. I must have missed it, but it's so cute. I have been keeping my eye on this since it's got the little preview from like, years ago maybe yeah. and like I, it's just so cute i love how your character i love how the fox is like a little hop to its step and i don't know it just looks gorgeous like uh, everything looks so beautiful and i i just want to explore the world i want to play as this cute little fox and I'm, I'm really excited
0: it's also it is not the demo conveys this game is not a joke it is it may yeah. look cute but it does not play cute it's my it favorite definitely...
2: <laughs> it's my favorite kind of game yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. cute <laughs> and brutal <laughs> yeah,
0: it is definitely going to have some challenge to it, but yeah, I, uh, this is uh, this looks fantastic. Uh, Alan Wake two, yes. Alan Wake two that was is a, a reality a nope. little bit. Nope,
2: nope. Yes, nope, nope. 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 baby's first <laughs> survival horror coming up twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty
0: three, Destin. When they did
1: the the remaster or whatever remake, I was like, okay, maybe they're going to do a sequel, but to, to announce it like at the game awards so shortly yeah. after that game came out was a little bit of a surprise and it looks really, really good. Their first survival horror. I I'm really, really excited to see what they're going to do with Alan Wake too.
0: Yeah. I, uh, this was the <laughs> one big announcement that I, I got to, I, I had this ahead of time because remedy reached out and said, Hey, you know what? So Sam Lake's going to be coming over to the game awards. We don't want to do a ton of interviews. We, he, you know, he'd love to sit down with you and, and talk just high level stuff about, about this announcement. And I said, Yeah, so this is why I went to the Game Awards, was to go talk to Sam. And uh, that interview is up on IGN now, or IGN.com slash YouTube. It's about, I think it's 18 minutes long. So it's, you know, not like a full IGN unfiltered or anything like that, but it's a good conversation. Just laser-targeted on Alan Wake 2. And yes, it's a a full-blown survival horror game, rated M. We know it'll be third person, which probably comes as no surprise, because... Everything Remedy's ever done up until uh the Crossfire X campaign that we just got done talking about <laughs> has been third person, and certainly Alan Wake One was uh was third person as well. So yeah, it is it's not exclusive to Xbox this time. It will be on PS5, PC, and the Xbox Series X and S. But it is next gen exclusive. So which which, you know, by 2023 you pretty well expect that of most, if not all, games, but uh, it will be using Remedy's own in house Northlight technology, as all of Remedy's stuff has, and it'll be a, a next gen version of it. So, this probably was my favorite announcement out of the entire Game Awards. And I know, Miranda, yeah, you just got done doing like the entire Remedy catalog.
2: Yes. I Well, at least of uh, the Alan Wake games and Controlled DLC, and with that last Controlled DLC of it being so tied in with Album Lake, I was like, if you guys, if they all do a second one, it's just such a big loss for this universe we're setting up, and oh my gosh, guys, I'm so excited, and scared, but also excited.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Miranda, you and I are not generally horror game players, but uh looks like we're going to be playing a survival horror game in 2023. You know,
2: yes, between this and the Outer Wilds DLC, I'm like, all right, fine, <laughs> I will just learn to deal with horror. It's like, kind of attuning yourself to spicy things, right? Like you slowly just add more and more spice and you, you just build, build up the tolerance for it. That's going to be us with survival horror, okay? So we just- Welcome gotta, to we Scary
0: Ones. It it's the show with scary games and even <laughs> scarier questions. My guest today is Miranda Sanchez.
3: That's actually <laughs> not a bad idea though. That's actually not bad. Let's do
0: it. Let's do so yeah. Maybe first we feast. I'm sure they won't sue us. First, <laughs> first,
3: first we jump, first we scare- Scream,
2: first I don't we know. freak,
0: yeah. Wait, oh! that could have another content, uh, wait, no, nope. no, wait,
2: <laughs> you didn't hear anything, no, that never happened. But there was some other um, uh, awesome announcements, too.
0: Yes, uh, probably the, the highlight of the Xbox specific stuff, and and arguably, I talked to plenty of people uh, after the awards. The highlight of the show for a lot of people Hellblade Senua's Saga, a six minute gameplay demo uh miranda go to you first on this and i know destin you're a big big hellblade fan as well so i'll make my way around the table starting with miranda here
2: gorgeously grotesque very big attack on titan vibes for people who love that show just with how graphic and gross that game can or that game the the show is and so getting to this this is obviously an even darker setting and more ominous Oh my goodness. This was quite the treat to watch. And also just trying to figure out like, oh, like what kind of button like presses are you doing here? This feels like it would obviously be pretty early on in the game because it feels almost tutorial-ish setting up a lot of big things. So I'm I'm very stoked about this.
0: Destin Unreal Engine 5. Yeah. We don't even know if this footage is Unreal Engine 5 because as far as we know, UE5's not really done yet so you
1: can i can download ue5 and program in it and coalition had been working in it for a year they actually helped with the matrix experience demo in ue5 that we'll talk about a little bit later uh as far as i know hellblade 2 is on real engine 5 so this is
0: well it definitely will be in the end that's all i'm just wondering if yeah if even this footage is ue5 or if they hadn't even ported from ue4 yet
1: well regardless it's gorgeous uh this looks awesome i can't wait to play it does feel like senoa is learning how to be a leader with these new characters because they talk about her having to command people to their deaths basically and make difficult decisions and they go against this i don't know what it is it's like a demon or a giant giant. or something it's just a giant though because like the whole world seems mythological i I guess mythological yeah is it like magic like i don't know but regardless um so she fights this giant. I love the the effects of the fire, the effects of uh, the lighting from the fire cascading across the ground, on on the on the walls. It's it was a very very impressive uh, demo. And if you want to continue on Unreal on Five, we go to the Matrix after that.
0: Yeah, we probably we probably should. We'll talk about yeah, that right after this. But Stella, your reactions to Hellblade Two?
3: Oh, it looks gorgeous. I. Did not play the first one. Um, I, I watched a few people play through it and I was like, oh my god, I don't know if I could play this. It is a little bit too creepy. Yeah. Um the the effect of psychosis the, the psychosis. I i am always so impressed that they actually collaborated with psychologists to make it as real of an experience as possible and bring to light the mental health illness. Um, so I i love that, but like I i personally couldn't play it, but um it looks gorgeous. I mean, and once we figured out that it was gameplay. Afterwards, I was like, no way. That looks way too good to be gameplay. There's no way. So I'm incredibly impressed with it.
0: Well, speaking of looking way too good to be gameplay, the Matrix Awakens and Unreal Engine 5 experience was announced and released at the Game Awards. It is a free tech demo. That's all it is. It's an it's an advertisement for the Unreal Engine Five engine. The Unreal Engine (laughs) Five, I should say. Yeah. Uh, that is playable. It's on available on the Series X, Series S, and the PlayStation Five. Uh, Destin, you and I had gotten a pre-brief of it. We got to speak to Epic, and uh we then got to just download it and play it on our home machines as well. uh And it's the this the entire thing, even the beginning where it looks like it's you know oh this is just video footage from the original Matrix movie. No the entire thing is rendered in Unreal Engine 5.
1: Well, there's a scene where Keanu talks to you that is not Unreal Engine 5 when he's in the mirror. And I had to get on a call with PR because I could not tell what was real and what was Unreal. And that's sort of the whole purpose of the demo yes. to talk about how digital actors could someday replace real actors. I actually yesterday put together a shot by shot comparison with the movie next Ooh. to Unreal Engine 5. and yes you can tell the difference but it's so amazingly impressive what they were able to do uh it came out later that the coalition actually helped work on this i i reached out to colin Penty, who had tweeted about it i was like whoa i love the matrix uh demo because uh and it, it's so cool this has me tremendously excited about what the the coalition is going to be able to do with the next gears because Gear now six, we've seen, baby. Yes. yeah, we've seen Hellblade, we've now seen the Matrix. We know the coalition is working on something that isn't gears, and of course they're working on gears. This is a peak at what games are going to be like in the future. And it has me so excited about the potential and that's all they're trying to show. They're like, look what Lumen does. Look what we're able to do with hardware based ray tracing, which means that the console is doing the the ray tracing work. Well, obviously it would be, but like, um, and then like the destructible cars and you can drive around in this world, you can cycle day, night, you can move the sun all around and all the shadows are cast in real time. Like those it's, it's very, very impressive technical stuff.
0: Stella, your thoughts on this. I don't know if you've had a chance to, to download it on your Series X or not yet.
3: Uh, so I actually, um, <laughs> it's weird. I have like a, a, a phobia of like androids or like, you know, realistic <laughs> looking robots. So this kind of teeters on the edge for me. Um, but I, no, all the technology that has shown off in this, this is kind of what i wanted cyberpunk to kind of utilize because it's like the perfect world for it and seeing it in the matrix's world which is kind of you know a dystopian cyberpunk universe i was just like man it makes me so sad that i'm not gonna be able to see all of that being utilized like ray tracing and everything um all of that specific stuff that just made that demo look so good i was like that would have been perfect in cyberpunk's universe but that's okay (laughs)
0: Miranda, your thoughts on this? Because it's uh, quite a unique situation here.
2: Yeah, I think I might try to tackle it this weekend. I didn't have a t- chance to download this yet, but I want to probably dig into it a little bit before I go see the movie.
0: Yeah, it is, uh, to to Destin's point about b- b- being a, f- a glimpse of the future, I mean, it's when when we leave the Xbox One generation behind, this is the kind of stuff that the Series X is capable of now. The tools will only get better we when we talked when Destin and I talked to Epic, you know the the, the I guess um, not maybe not devil's advocate but kind of the uh, skeptic the skeptic question I had that I think was fair was well you know what about you guys aren't running any and, and, and as many gameplay systems as a quote unquote real game would like you know AI or weapon physics or you know uh combat or anything like that but so you know is our our actual games that have to account for that stuff gonna maybe have to step it down a little bit to save some cpu cycles for those gameplay systems and and they were confident i mean as you'd expect them to be as the makers of the engine that no they're still optimizing there's still you know there's more overhead left to be to be maxed out on the Series X and on the PS5. And yeah, this is, I mean, if you have an Xbox Series X or Series S, highly encourage you to download this and check it out. If you don't, Destin captured the whole thing. Uh, Please watch it on IGN or youtube.com slash IGN in the highest resolution that your display is capable of. So if you have a 4K TV, like please put this up on your, uh, put up Destin's video uh, on your TV in 4K60 or if like me you've got a 1440p model like just watch it in in whatever you can watch it because it's it is damned <laughs> impressive to look at here uh, okay uh, want to mention real quick f- congratulations to Playground Games Forza Horizon 5 winning several awards including of course Racing Game of the Year they also took home an Accessibility Award which I thought was extremely well deserved they've, they've gone uh, uh to great lengths in the accessibility department which is just great to see age of empires 4 also congratulations to world's edge uh, and relic for taking home best strategy game psychonauts 2 sadly went home empty-handed after being nominated for <laughs> several awards including game of the year wild um so i got ratchet, to t- tim schaefer was on the same flight home as me so i got to talk to him for a second tell him you know we congratulations on all the nominations and that ign loves psychonauts 2 um let's see i guess just real quick we've got star wars eclipse a new star wars game from quantic dream which is not a studio that xbox (laughs) gamers are really gonna know unless you go way back to um oh god now i'm blanking on the name of it i always confuse it had a european name and and a uh and a name in north america the european name was fahrenheit something and then the American oh name. Fahrenheit
1: four fifty one and you're talking about oh god what was it I know I know what you're talking about the book no no sorry no. it's not no it's just Fahrenheit and the other is one is that the name uh, just
0: Fahrenheit yeah but then it had a different name anyway they you know people know them for heavy rain beyond two souls and Detroit become human on the PlayStation platform they will now be going seemingly multi platform they are doing a Star Wars game. Uh, which, I mean, you you get nothing from the trailer as far as what the game is. Indigo Prophecy. It's it's a High Republic game, which that's going to be interesting. Uh, but yeah, total, just pure eye candy cinematic trailer. Apparently this one's way out. But uh, if if it's going to be a, like, triple A narrative cinematic adventure game the way that that studio's other games have been, but in Star Wars, uh, I'm all for that. So that will be one to keep an eye on. And then uh, Monolith, yeah, I was doing like, Wonder Woman. <laughs> That's this huge. Was a surprise. Uh, yeah, Destin, I, is, I, I guess Shadow of the Shadow of War series is dead or being put on hold for another hotter DR, D, uh, DC property. Since Lord of the Rings is you know kind of in the rearview mirror for Warner Brothers as a company, and we got we got Monolith doing a Wonder Woman game.
1: Yeah, uh, seems. I mean, we just saw the character, really, but I can imagine how she could traverse the world with her lasso and uh, get around really quickly. I can't wait to see what they do. I think a Wonder Woman game sounds awesome, and I I can't wait.
0: Stella, do you think th- that this will be maybe mechanically similar to the Batman Arkham games, just kind of a third person action combat game where you know you've got a lot of cool moves?
3: That'd be cool. I mean, I dude. I, a female hero game that focuses on her? Yeah, absolutely. She's like one of my favorites because she's super strong. I mean, she's a role model to many. So, I'm very excited. I I would absolutely love that in in the style of the Arkham games.
0: Uh Miranda, your thoughts here about Monolith has a very decorated history going back to Blood, which was a classic, now classic late 90s first-person shooter. They did Shogo, which was a cool mech game. They did Uh, Speaking of female-led games, they did the two No One Lives Forever games, which were beloved, and uh, everyone misses those. Uh, And then, of course, the Mortar games, so uh, this seems like it's in good hands here.
2: Yeah, I like the Mortar games a lot. I don't really care for Wonder Woman, so I think I'm just more curious to see what sort of systems and setup they're going to put for this.
0: And then speaking of DC, we got our first gameplay trailer for Justice League, excuse me, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which gave me Sunset Overdrive vibes. Uh, and when I i thought I was uh, taking crazy pills when I tweeted that, I thought people would just ream me like, yeah, you're nuts. A bunch of people agreed with me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it just the color, the vividness, the sort of frantic third person uh, traversal and action. Uh, Miranda, I'll just go right back to you. What were your thoughts on, on the, you know, Rocksteady's, finally, Rocksteady's next game?
2: I definitely want to see more of the gameplay, because I was a little confused on exactly how they want to do the characters and progression, because it does look like it's just a single player thing. So is it going to be like an instant switch system of like, I just swap between the different, uh, Suicide Squad characters, am I going to have to like choose one to play through and then go somewhere else to go actually swap out who I'm playing? So I think that's more of the mechanics that I'm more interested in figuring out right now because the tone and the humor, the writing seems pretty spot on. So I'm overall very excited for this game, but I just want to see a little bit more about it.
0: Stella, how about you?
3: Yeah, I think it looks great. Uh, The one thing that I noticed was that movement looks incredibly smooth. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, Movement is a huge uh, part of games like this, and it looked really, really good. So I'm very excited. Um, All the voices sounded great, too um the the fights looked very very fun very seamless and i'm just really excited to explore the world because it kind of looks crazy back there like there's there's a lot going on in the background and i'm just like i can't wait to go and explore that so very excited
0: uh destin we do know this is a next gen only release no xbox one version of this uh how were your thoughts on this gameplay reveal
1: I've been a little unsure about uh Suicide Squad since the get-go, but this was the first one where I'm like I'm sold, I'm in. I get what you're doing with it now. I understand. Like basically the characters all have different abilities. The shark character, I can't remember his name. He can basically control like the Hulk. You have a uh, Deadshot who can basically fly. You have Boomerang who can you know run really fast then you have harley quinn who is basically spider-man so when you get, when you have the context of that's how the character is going to be able to go throughout the world you can actually start to imagine how they're going to take on the super stop the justice league and that it makes sense that brainiac is mind controlling them because it's a very easy trope to go back to when you need to stop superheroes right so yeah. I'm yeah, i'm sold i'm, I'm in
0: I'm still a little skeptical myself, not that it doesn't look great and I'm sure, but I'm, I'm still, there's something about it that's not hooking me yet. I mean, I, I love, I adore the Batman Arkham games, uh, just the, the combat, the mix of stealth, you know, with the detective stuff. And I don't know, I hope there's more to this than just, Fast third-person action. I yeah. hope there's some. There's a. I hope the story's really good, which it was in the Arkham games. I hope there's some other gameplay depth to it. So I'm not quite with you yet, Destin, in terms of that optimism level. But I, I hope to get there as uh, as the release date approaches, and it's we're expecting it sometime in 2022.
1: Like a boomerang, I think you'll come around.
0: <laughs> All right, show's over. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We've been going off for way too long. We are
0: almost done, yeah. Uh, And just the last thing I wanted to mention from the Game Awards, not an Xbox-specific thing, but Dramatic Labs is a new game development studio that includes over 20 former Telltale staff, has announced Star Trek Resurgence, a new, you know, fully licensed Star Trek game that's being made with CBS, the whole blessing, they've got the whole, they can do whatever they want, and it is a... Telltale style adventure game, basically, in the Star Trek world. It's set shortly after Star Trek: The Next Generation. Uh, the series concludes. I, this, I can't wait for this. I, I, uh, I love Star Trek, particularly The Next Generation. And yeah, if this, if this is like a, a Telltale Star Trek game, sign me the heck up because Star Trek just lends itself so well to. <laughs> that kind of game. I mean, Star Trek's all about talking and diplomacy. So uh, I don't know if I'm the only one on the panel that that's uh, oh, really keen on this one, but I'm in. this made me happy.
1: Yeah. Uh, the The story of Star Wars, it's all about the difficult decisions that the commander has Star to
0: make.
1: Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> uh, whatever. We talked about both. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm really excited about this. I think it's the perfect uh, vehicle to tell Star Trek stories, and I can't wait to try it out.
3: Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm currently working through the show from the original. Oh boy! Um, so I'm yeah, yeah no, it's it's a little campy, and but like the, it's such a good I don't know, it's such a good show. Like every time it gets rainy, I I like make tea and I watch it. It's it's a really good like comfort show. Um, because you get to see where sci-fi was really built on, so it's re, it's really fun. So I'm I'm definitely excited for this too, but I want to finish
0: the show first. Uh, when you get to Next Generation, particularly like you know not the first season and sort of finds its legs after that. And okay, so good. Oh, it's so good. All right. Uh We are so over time, but we have a, uh, hold on. Where's my phone with the scoreboard here for unlock block <laughs> trivia. Let me just see. Excuse me. Sorry. Where we left oh, sure. off? Cause I, I believe uh, Miranda can win today because this is it. This is actually the last show. We're going to have to have like a runoff depending on, depending what happens here. Yes. Miranda is up on Destin by one point. So uh, now, officially, a Miranda correct answer or a Destin incorrect answer will secure the trophy for you, Miranda. Okay. Here we go. Our question, our loop box trivia question, excuse me, our unlock block trivia question comes from Elliot in Calgary. We're dialing it back to the 360 era. And Elliot's question is as such. The Xbox 360 launched, of course, November 22nd, 2005 with two SKUs. The 360 Premium, which came with a detachable 20 gigabyte hard drive at the time, and the Xbox 360 Core, which had no hard drive. You had to buy the memory cards because those were a thing back in the beginning of the 360 days if you didn't have the hard drive. Two years later, Microsoft launched the black Xbox 360 Elite, contrasting with the original white uh, production models. And that Elite 360 had a larger hard drive. What was the size of that upgraded larger hard drive on the Elite? Was it a 100 gigabyte drive, 120 gigabyte drive, 150 gigs, or 200 gigabytes? I'll go Stella's way first here. I don't know. also it i'm not in the running
3: ago. i'm not in the running so
0: well you know it's for fun it's for, for fun and for pride at this point what, what, what were the options again a 100 120 150 or 200.
3: 150
0: okay stella locking in at 150 gigabytes uh Destin, i believe you had indicated that you know this is that is that fair Mm -hmm. That accurate. He's nodding his Mm -hmm. head yes for Mm -hmm. my audio listeners. So Miranda, (laughs) I'm going to go to you here for the for the clinch or for the drama, depending on your answer.
2: It's probably going to be drama. I don't remember this because I I just did the math. I think I was about 15 years old when this came out, and I was in no no business of buying consoles for myself, (laughs) especially after we already had one. So uh, I'm gonna. I was thinking 150, but part of me is like, go for the weird one, 120. I'm like, but what about 100? I think we're going to get drama, and I'm going to go with B120.
1: Okay. Miranda got it. She wins.
0: She did. And she does. 120 gigabyte drive on the Elite. Ah, 2021 Unlock Block Trivia (laughs) Challenge winner. (laughs) Congratulations, Miranda. Do you have a victory slash acceptance speech?
2: I would like to thank everyone for believing in me and cheering me on. Especially (laughs) if you came in my Twitch chat and said, Brenda, good luck next week. I was like, thank you. (laughs) I was just trying my best. Thank you. That's all. You did it. Sorry for all the coughing.
0: I love I'm glad glad it was close. Last week. Yeah. 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 It came down to the final show. Uh, So we do have a a trophy being made. Uh, and we'll I will coordinate that with our wonderful audience member Thank who is you. handling that, and we'll get that to the office, and then get it get it to you. And uh, yeah, every year, so we'll start over. Now, Stella, yeah, you're come the next show that you're on that you know <laughs> we're, come the new year, it's game on because you're you're full time <laughs> with us now. So uh, everybody okay. will have a fresh chance at a new trophy made by a different listener. So awesome. uh, if anybody out there, you know, if you're handy or inspired with with crafting, with 3D printing, with woodworking, whatever, you know, whatever you think. If you want to make the trophy for next year, please reach out. Unlocked at IGN.com and we can uh we can discuss that if that's something that interests you. You'd have an entire year to get it done. <laughs> now, that's also the email address, by the way, that you can send more trivia questions to, because I'll need some a good fresh batch for next year. So email unlocked at IGN.com, include your name, include the question, include four multiple choice answers, and then please note the correct answer in your email. And we will uh start a f with a fresh scoreboard when we get back in January. Again, we there will be a show next week, but uh it will not be the the usual format. So do yeah, don't don't uh walk away from unlocked just yet. We we're taking a break the last week of December. So, you know, December 28th, there would normally be a show and there will not be, but we'll be back. The plan is to be back the following week on the 4th. I hope if if all of my panelists are back from vacation, I haven't even talked to any of them yet. So we'll figure all that out.
1: But. <laughs> nice short episode this week.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah we <were laughs> Maybe really... it'll
2: hold you over a bit.
0: <laughs> well, you know, if people, if anybody out there hasn't finished Halo yet, they could just listen to the second chunk where we just went through the game award stuff so yeah it is in effect like a like a double episode so um yeah let's let's be done here let's all go it has been a long a long episode um stella let me start with you if you have any any plugs anything you're working on anything you've uh want to say to sign off the year of unlocked with
3: uh uh (laughs) you put me on the spot um this weekend on sunday at 11 a.m pst i am going to be hosting producing and casting the lenovo legion uh masters apex tournament for south america's region so
0: please tune in nice that's gonna be fun awesome Hmm? destin how about you
1: yeah. Thank you to everybody for all the kind words this year. It has been a really nice year. I hope you have a really happy holiday, a Merry Christmas, whatever you celebrate. And, uh, just, just, yeah, this, thank you for everything. It's been a good 2021.
3: Wait. Also, um, I, uh, being a new member of unlocked, I I have gotten so much support from people just coming into my stream and just telling me on Twitter that they really enjoy, uh, my presence here and like my insight and that, means a lot to me so thank you so much for welcoming me welcoming me to unlocked um with open arms so thank you
0: we love having you miranda (laughs)
3: um firstly thank you everyone so much who've been using
2: the halo infinite guide it was a huge labor of love i've worked so hard with a few other folks on it um and all the kind messages you guys have been sending so far about using it or like finding cool things like thank you so very much it means the world to me like all i want to do is make good guides that help people and that are easy to use and good to understand and like get to get you to where you want so you can keep playing your game and enjoying your time so thank you so much for using our guide if you haven't maybe check it out if you're trying to find <laughs> something you can't find it um yeah so I hope those are be helpful excuse me <coughs> uh, thank you guys so much for a, a fantastic year apologies again for all the coughing got a little chest cold um and yeah I'm so excited for next year and whatever we're gonna do on locks I can't believe I am in the <laughs>
0: I'm gonna get the trophy. That's gonna be good.
2: I'm so excited. I'm actually gonna have a desk at the office so I can have it there. I'm really excited. Nice.
0: Excellent. Well, uh, yeah, you're the, the best in the business, the IGN guides and wikis team. There's uh there's nobody better in the, on the planet at doing game help guides and wikis. So gotta utilize that, which Miranda and her team work so hard on. Uh, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I also want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in this year. Unlocked had a great year. We actually, I don't know if I should say this, but yeah, we're the best (laughs) podcast. Just, uh, not biased at all. And by, but I'm talking by numbers. I'm not making a qualitative (laughs) judgment because all the podcasts are great, but, uh, yeah, no, it's the, the Xbox had a great year itself and, uh, we had a great year talking about it. And, uh, yeah, it's it's almost as if when the brand does well, people want to come, come and talk about it. It's great. <laughs> more of that, Microsoft, please. But yes, uh, as for anything I'm working on, I guess the one thing I mentioned at the top of the show, but the Sam Lake interview that I uh, was fortunate enough to get to go down to LA and shoot in person with Sam Lake, he flies over from Finland. I take the arduous flight. From you know, I mean, f- Finland to LA, whatever. I went from LA to San Francisco. Yes. That's that's a that's a sacrifice by comparison. You, you went right home? there. <laughs> but anyway, no, uh, check that interview out if you want to hear a little bit more about Alan Wake too. Uh, I had a great time talking to Sam Wake, but yeah, just thanks to everybody for listening this year. We had uh, we had a great time, and we are just very grateful for the words of support in on social media and on the YouTube comments and the IGN comments. Cause yeah, the, the, the reality is that these shows are not kind of the, they're, they're like the fun thing we all get to do on top of our real jobs, yep. uh, which, which <laughs> I'm very I'm so grateful to have my job. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, the podcasts are like the, I look forward to the, to it every week. Um, and it's, it's great that we get to do this. So thank you all for tuning in and, and for supporting us. And yeah, we'll see you in 2022. Again, special show next week. I'll leave you to wait and see what that's going to be, but I think you'll find it's fun. I already recorded it, so I hope it's fun. Uh, and with that, I want to thank also Tayo, behind the scenes producing. He's produced a number of shows this year. Also Red, who's not producing today, but produced a lot of Unlocked in 2021. Thanks to both of you guys for making us uh, look and sound great. Uh, during this, you know, continued work from home situation. And thank you to Miranda, to Destin, and to our newest cast member Stella. You guys are all great. I have fun doing shows with you. And we will see everybody in
2: 2022. Bye.